0: welcome to the modern warrior podcast i am your host gavin Meenan, and on this podcast i will be speaking to inspirational individuals who specialize in the field of physical and mental health to offer you the tools that you need to become a stronger healthier and more confident man in today's world hello and welcome to episode number 57 of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today, I'm honored, I'm privileged, I am absolutely psyched to have Sean Donahue with me on the podcast today. Sean is a family coach, and don't we all need a family coach these days? So I can't wait to hear about all of what Sean does in terms of his work. And the and the, the great stuff that he does, if you check out his TikTok, his Instagram page, his contest, is it's it's unbelievable. It really speaks and resonates to me and to any other parent out there. And uh, yeah, so hang on, and I will uh, I'll I will add the links to his pages below in the show notes. But um, this is going to be a great conversation, and as I said, one that's going to be very relevant to any of you who are parents or going to be parents in the future and uh, yeah to help you <laughs> navigate beyond the challenges and make the most of the time you have with your children and your family and uh, absolutely optimize that uh, opportunity that you have right now. So Sean how are you my man?
1: Gavin how's it going man? Hey I'm really really pumped to, to be here. I've been following you for years on social media so I got a lot of Good stuff to say about you. I honestly feel like I know you and that's kind of, that's cool. That's like cool to say, but thank you so much for having me and let's talk, let's talk modern parenthood, fatherhood and family life. Good to be here, man.
0: Yeah. Thank you, man, for, uh, for your following. And I think you might've reached out to me some time ago and that's when I discovered your page and then went to your TikTok. Like what is it? 300,000 followers or something crazy like that. All right.
1: Uh, it's 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 going well. Yeah, I've been uh I've been making Instagram videos uh, longer, but then started moving over TikTok a few months ago, and then it just exploded. Yeah, and so yeah, I found you on Instagram. Just love your your inspiration and your words and your wisdom, and your videos. And looking at all that those wa- all the plunges and the water <laughs> you do, and all the ways you inspire men with their fitness and their mindset. And then I saw a cool video with you. And I think it was, uh, your son or your daughter. And I was like, Hey, um, mm-hmm. you, uh, you mind if I, uh, you know, duet this on my page. I thought I loved it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mason. That's right. Jay. Yeah. It was like Mason. Yeah. Seven lessons. I want to teach my son or something like that. J. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: It was cool. Yeah. It was really cool. So yeah, yeah, I'm really glad to be here, man. That we're connected.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I'm so excited to have you here because uh, kids are number one in on my value list and, uh, yeah, my top priority in life. And I'm very interested in um, in your work because a lot of your content actually, as I said, resonates with me, speaks directly to me and obviously to many other people because your content is is getting so much exposure and uh, rightly so. And it's certainly not an easy field to be a parent. Uh, it does have its challenges and ever more. Man, than- it's
1: so hard. It's always been hard. And now in 20. 20- 20 freaking 22. It's like harder than ever with all these obstacles and screens and COVID and all the challenges we're dealing with. It's so tough. And that's kind of like what I actually love about our generation of men and women. Um, But, you know, we are uh, like, so I'm 43 and I would guess that dads have been saying for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, maybe forever since the history of mankind that, yeah, family comes first, which is great. It's like, a, yeah, that's what I, how I feel too. But now what we have going on is we're like a new generation of, of parents and new generation of men where we're actually listening to podcasts about parenting. We follow people on social media about how to grow as parents. We want to we be better than our parents, better than our dads. And so just big, big, much love and props to every parent that's listening to this podcast and is really seeking to grow as parents. This is not like common. This is only happening like right now. Like we are like, we're like trailblazers in like making this normal, talking about parents. And it's just, it's just cool to be a part of this like movement.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, we've been offered the opportunity for, awareness and uh, ways to manage family life and life around children that our parents never had. And, you know, that's uh, understanding as well is that as individuals, as fat like let's speak maybe from a father's perspective, most of the yeah. people listening to this podcast will be males and potentially father yep. as well. Uh-huh. And that, uh, yeah, we sort of carry whatever pain or whatever burdens our parents had onto our parenting, unless we sort of become aware of that and have our own sort of period of healing and come to peace with that before we could potentially transfer that over to our kids. And this sort of follows generations onto generations. So yeah, a lot of my personal development work has like a big reason for that is because because I don't want my the, the pain, whatever pain that I've sort of transferred from my dad or from my parents, which I did have, I don't want my parent my kids to adopt that yeah. and then yes through them into later
1: life. Hey, man, we're like just getting started in this conversation and you just like took it to new levels of like depth and intimacy. So, like, you know, when I was in my like mid 20s, um, I spent three months working with my father-in-law in in construction and my dad's a lawyer. So I had no like skills, no construction skills. And so he hands me this, like really uh, like this electric saw and he's like, okay, go cut these boards. He's like a very successful contractor. And I'm like, okay, like, can I, can I get a little training? Like, I don't want to chop my hand off. Like, how do I use this thing? So he gives me a solid two minute lesson on how to use this tool. And so I'm scared out of my mind here, you know, and I'm trying to use a saw here to cut some boards because we're. You know, building the house, and so what's happening with like parent coaching is—is is on the surface, it's like we're trying to learn new tools, because um, some tools are better than others. You know, like yelling at your kids is a parenting tool, and it's not a good one. But what you just said is—is—is is, is actually like really deep, because a, 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 an electric saw like can't talk to you, and it can't like snap at you, it can't um, call you names it can't be defiant to you, right? Yeah. But you said here is ta- the complexity of parenting is it's not just about tools. It's about all the emotions that are underneath this, you know, all the baggage we're being in from our own parents, from watching them and the pains that we pick up in the, whether it be childhood traumas or the adverse childhood reactions or the divorces or all this stuff, or, and it's just super complex. And so th- I'm glad you just like took it there, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's complex, but very important. And I've had this conversation with uh, some men in the past on, on the podcast and, um, you know, understanding that I feel a man has to go through a period of uh, somewhat isolation, maybe uh, of mm-hmm. almost removing himself from society or certainly from his, his, his friends group and just spending some time on his own to sort of do some healing before he moves yes. on it's sort of letting go of the of the child or the boy to, right. be, to become the man that you that that you want to be for your wife for your children oh my gosh um and that's that like yes. I, i'm like i didn't do that basically the ariana yeah i'm sort of i'm sort of catching up so uh but basically uh, ariana was born when i was 26 27 and okay, okay. i was by no means ready to be a dad at that point well are you ever ready to be a dad but oh my gosh uh, so uh, and at that point at 26 27 like i i would definitely had a lot of healing to do uh, a lot of trauma yeah and processed and yeah but she was also the the incentive for me to start working on myself because now mm-hmm. Now I had a reason, now I had a purpose to do it. Yeah, yeah, man. This, this was no longer just about me anymore. This was yeah. her and family as well. So that was a big turning point for me to uh, to get to work on myself so I can be a better dad for her. And ever since then, it's, it's been a progressive uh, process of, of healing, which yeah. to certainly every day I'm, I'm becoming better and better. But it's about being consistent with, yes, sir. Consistent with introspection, being consistent with uh, my, yeah. my daily dips in the sea and my journaling and time on my yes. own. Yes, whatever's going on with me, so I'm not sort of carrying whatever negativity I've got in the morning time or whatever negativity I'm, I'm carrying with me that I sort of let that go, process that, so it doesn't transfer that onto other people throughout the day. So the morning routine has very been very important for me to uh, stabilize mm-hmm. my emotions, perhaps, so I can be in a better position for them and for whatever else comes along yes so
1: yeah Yeah, uh, i can't i can't help but like think about my own story just listening to your words like i think i had my first kid at 26 27 too man you know i mean i grew up in on the beach in san diego california and like surf culture and i grew up in like jackass culture like tom green you know those are like guys i grew up and that's what kind of like my, my friends and i did and then now like i'm married and I got a kid and I'm trying to be an adult. And I was like, I'm like a hot mess. I thought I was ready for this. I'm like, I'm a man child. I'm like Peter Pan. And I look around on TV, I look around some of the other healthy adults. I'm like, that's not me. And I mean, and then this like light bulb came in with me, this passion. It's like I know, I know where I want to go, and I know I just uh, it's gonna take a lot of work for me to get there. And so I, uh, yeah, so now I'm 43 and I'm still on that journey, man.
0: Yeah, unreal. And I'm interested to know how you've come to be a, a family coach. What was the sort of process? Yeah, that?
1: yeah. So uh, it's it, it's a great story. I love telling it. I'll tell you the super short version. So, okay, let's pick up of where I was. So now here I am with dad and uh, I got a I got a kid. Her name is, her name is Madison. She's 17 now. And there's this show on the TV. It's very popular at that time. It was called the super nanny. Did you remember that show by any chance? Yeah. It was like this English lady would go into the homes and you know, the she in the everyday American homes, they're very messy. And the kids were kind of out of control. The parents were overwhelmed and she would spend the first day just kind of silently judging and smirking. And if you, I, as a new parent, I was like watching that show. I was like, oh, that's very helpful. Like you, I said, I, I wish the supernanny would come to my house. Yeah. And uh, it was really like, it was like a deep calling, actually, like a deep calling in my life. I was already working with teenagers at the time and really thriving. But then I just, I, I said to myself, I said to my wife, I think this is what I'm supposed to do with my life, become like the teen super nanny." And so uh, that's still what I do to this day. While I have clients in my whole now a team of people all around that work with teens, tweens, and young adults, and this um, from all around the world. um, I uh, I go into people's homes and I um, I coach their 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 children, their young adults, in high-level emotional intelligence coaching. I work with parents, um, coaching them and problem-solving, whether it be like the most extreme, defiant, out of control drug using, holes in the wall from violent outbursts to like, you know, how would I do with my kid who's just shut down and shut in and from COVID, he's fear, anxiety, depression, low self esteem. And so, yeah, that's the super short version of kind of where I was then as a, you know, 26 year old dude to where I'm at now. It's just been, it's been a wild ride. And then obviously it's just, you know, like Like part of my story is one of my first big speaking gigs was at Chevron World Headquarters, right? Chevron, the gas company. Mm -hmm. And I was like, um, they wanted me to talk about teens and screens. What parents need to know about teen social media. And back then, man, everyone, all the parents had their head in the sand about what the crap was going on with screens. So I spoke to this group and uh, I was very intimidated because most people in the parent coaching space are women, (laughs) And they're very feminine, touchy-feely type women. Or they're like super nerdy men who like maybe drive Priuses. No offense, you drive a Prius. And and they're like, they don't really, men don't really relate to these dudes. Well, me, I'm sitting in my home office. And if you're watching this on a screen, you know, I, I, I'm i like a pretty typical American male. I love I, 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 uh, I love football. I love barbecuing. Um, I listen to 90s hip-hop and classic rock. And I love fishing, like... Uh, One of my favorite passions is getting on my pontoon and just being outside and getting dirty with my friends. And so I was very intimidated. Like, are people going to accept me? Do I need to change myself? And I was like, you know, screw that. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just going to go all in. And if people don't like it or reject me, well, that's going to hurt. It's going to be very embarrassing. But I feel like I have tools and I can really speak to a lot of emotional intelligence and give people tools and let's go and that's kind of now here we are
0: incredible work man and very important work as you've uh, as we've been speaking off off air you know that you know man don't don't we all need a parent coach these days and uh it's i'm interested yeah okay uh teams teams and screens let's go there so that was oh, geez let's go there something you spoke about at that uh, conference and obviously okay is a huge huge challenge at the moment huge oh
1: it's like a this is like one of the parenting struggles of our generation mm-hmm. like it makes me think like our kids are probably gonna do a lot better at this uh than we are because like they'll have history they're like you know they grew up with these ipads and in the eyes, in all these screens and we're just like trying to figure this out it's so hard yeah and a lot of these companies like google they screwed us they screwed us big time they gave us these google chromebooks and all these things without parent restrictions or parent support and now finally it's caught up in 2022 there's a lot of support for us and we're doing a lot better now as parents than we were seven years ago it was a And it's really interesting because back in the old days of screens, all the parents were concerned with like uh, porn or like their kids getting kidnapped or something. Like they're going to talk to somebody on some game and they're going to end up getting kidnapped. And now while we still have some of those concerns, the biggest concerns now are actually time usage. Right. And it's just, it's just, and it's really interesting people when they find out what I do, sometimes they say, so do you deal with a lot of like drug use and. A lot of like violence. I say, yeah, but that's not like the main like thing we're seeing. Like, oh, what are you seeing? Oh, well, I'm tell- I'll tell you. I'll give you a report from someone on the front lines for 20 years of speaking to your sons and daughters. Yeah, well, we still see a lot of same old school defiance and saltiness and meanness um, and drugs and issues with all those pills and powders, but uh, screens, man, screens are, they are wrecking wrecking some of these kids and young adults Mm.
0: but doesn't a lot of this come from observing what the parents the parents behaviors around screens so you've got a you've got a kid young kid and has been brought up in this generation where again we yeah we're the first sort of parents who who've had screens like the first time I had a phone I was think 13 or 14 so okay yep Almost escaped childhood without any screens as such. Yep, yeah. But now we've become addicted to this, and the kids are observing how we how we approach it and our attitudes towards it, and they think it's almost normal to have a, a screen in your hand basically, twenty four hours a day. So, where for do- sure, man.
1: Like I'll, I'll say the word like screen addiction, or I'll do like a post about screen addiction or run an ad is your kid struggling with screen addiction and it's like really sad how many people are like who isn't addicted to screens every kid's addicted to screen and i'm like uh no they're not like any addiction is really sad i don't care if it's to food or drugs or you know benzos or alcohol or porn or sex this is serious sad stuff we gotta we gotta be careful and mindful about this especially when we're talking about our kids but yeah you're right man i mean this is tough. How can you help your kids have healthy balance with screens if you yourself are not modeling that, or if you don't have the tools, but it's emotional, man. This is why, like, I mean, I I don't, this is why every, everything I do through my parents' club community or private sessions or through, you know, TikToks or Instagrams, it's, I really understand that, you know, parenting is the most emotional thing that you and I will ever do. I think it's even more emotional than love and romance. Because we're so connected to these kids, they have a a way of of affecting us and getting under our skin and helping us to feel loved and wanted and powerful and important, but also a way of getting us to feel like a failure, feel so scared. And so if you really want to thrive with parenting, you really got to really do work on your own emotions. What the heck is happening inside of me?
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. It all starts and ends. That's what I I, 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 repeat that sentence. I would say 50 times a week with the guys I work with, I say, look, no matter what you do in your life, it all starts with you. So unless you're starting with nice. yourself first, everything else is going to suffer. You know, unless you've got yourself checked first in terms of checking your emotions, that's going back to what I said there a few minutes ago, about having your morning routine, uh, letting go yes. of any sort of negative thoughts, dealing with any difficult situations you may have gone on at the beginning of the day, get that stuff sorted, set yourself up for success and set yourself up in a way that uh, you've got momentum on your side for the day, but also that whatever happens during the day, you're in a much better place to handle that because you've handled your emotions at the beginning of the day. A lot of parents, a lot of people are waking up on their alarm and running out the door 10 minutes later into work, into complete reactive mode. And uh, high tension, highly stressed, and then they come home, and the kid could do something that doesn't warrant um, an argument or doesn't warrant um, giving out to, and it just yeah, man. pokes that that stress that the parent has already been carrying throughout the day, and it's full blown explosion explosion, um, and yeah, this is not a good yes. Party. So this is the sort of snowball effect that happens unless you sort of uh, yes deal with that first thing in the morning. And it's so so important. I again I, I keep going on with the morning routine, but it's just a, such an important yeah. day of of the day for everyone to uh, to manage your emotions and, uh, yes. and man- manage your emotional state, so you can manage other people's emotional states and and your kids' emotional states. As yes,
1: sir. So let me respond. To, let me respond to that in two ways. Okay, mm-hmm. first this is. This is why you're so successful. At what you do, I just love listening to you, and you are you're so gifted with your words, and how you you know you just cut to the point, and I just love listening to you. So thank you,
0: appreciate that. Thanks. Second,
1: second point is you wisely use the term managing your emotions numerous times in what you just shared. So um, let me let me support your audience here by um, talking about that for a second, okay? Okay, so um, our kids um, are going to learn some important things in school. But in my opinion, most of the most important things in life, they are never going to learn in school. (laughs) Things like how to manage your emotions, how to set boundaries with people, how to have a healthy relationship with screens, how to have a healthy romantic relationship, how to have anger management, how to have positive mindset. What is grit? What is positive self-talk? What is a growth mindset? How to stand up to your parents in a respectful way right? So who, Gavin, who is going to teach our kids these lessons? Who? The parents. Yeah, of course. Every, every home is a school and every parent is a teacher. And so what's happening, I think, for our audience that are listening to this podcast that really are under your umbrella and undermine is we are actually teaching the teachers because you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know how to manage your emotions, how can you teach that to your kids? Right? And the thing is, the reality is, is for most of us, I did not learn this stuff from my parents, man. And I didn't learn it in school. I love my parents. They did the best they could. But now, you know, we get to this point in life, especially now with social media and you see like dudes like us and it's like, what the crap? How can I teach this to my kids if I don't know this, right? And so on the surface, what you might see on my like, TikTok videos, or even in like my communities is like, oh, Sean's helping me to solve problems. Yeah. That's not really what I'm doing. Actually. It's so much deeper than that. I'm helping you to really learn how to be human, to be a mature, wise, masculine, healthy dude, healthy person. So you can grow in these emotional intelligence skills. So then you can then teach them to your children, your tweens, you're young adults. And that's just, I nerd out about this stuff. I know I'm lighting up just even talking about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love it. It's, it's so, <laughs> it's so important. And yeah. So what are, obviously we, we've, you've touched on the screens. um, What are some of the other major challenges that you find at the moment when it comes to, uh, to kids in general at, during this generation, or some of the biggest challenges that parents are having with children during this generation? Is there like a, uh, yeah, is there a lack of respect? Is there mm. this feeling of um, yeah, a lack of appreciation for parents? Is there uh, is there something else going on there that again, yeah, maybe, maybe impacting the the consistency of of screen time that the, right that the kids are sort of okay. shutting themselves off from the parents because ah, uh, who cares? Mm-hmm. What mom or dad thinks or yeah man entitlement you know there's there's a a rise and yes there is (laughs) that's the word
1: list like 50 things are arising and all this crap and all this stuff so yeah let me let me um think about that for a second okay so here's here's how i want to answer that awesome question you know parenting is never about what it's about So on the surface, you might think that this is about screens or lack of respect or a lot of entitlement, or it's about sibling issues or the kid won't rush the freaking teeth or, you know, but you got to always train your mind to look under the surface. What's actually going on with this kid? What's actually going on between me and this kid? So let me try to answer your question because I could go on and on about this in a way that is someone who uh, hasn't spent 20 years studying the art of parenting. I think um, two things come to mind. One is the dehumanization of the parent figure is happening. Now, this has been going on for a long time and no one's talking about it. If you watch it on the Disney channel, you'll see the parents are total idiots. <laughs> They're the biggest dumbasses ever. And the kids are brilliant or the parents are not even alive. Now, this is weird. And this is happening and it already was happening. And then when you introduce this into it, it further sends a message. I don't need parents. I don't need wisdom. I have this. That is happening. And it's not talked about is because it's kind of under the surface. And so we have a a culture of young people that don't really want to be close with their parents. that don't feel like they need their parents. It's like, stay out of my life. Now. Yeah. There's been a, that's been going on forever because the teenage brain is all developing independence. But what do you think about, before I tell you the second one, you know, what do you think about that? I, I, I try to talk about this occasionally. What are your thoughts on this dehumanization?
0: That's, yeah. Very relevant because uh, I'm just thinking of a few TV shows there and you've got Homer and the Simpsons uh, before <laughs> that, you've got, uh, I don't know if you ha- do you have Peppa Pig over there? Yeah. You? You've got Peppa y- Pig. Yeah, Pig. we do. Uh, yeah. And like uh, Daddy Pig is like this clumsy big fool, and yes, uh, he is.
1: It's actually a, one of the most popular genres in TV. You have a really wise, wonderful mom figure who's really connected to the kids, and then you got this really uh, 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 something about Raymond dumb character who's kind of foolish dude who he's not really he's not he's not a leader in his family. He's just yeah. like this dumb dude that just goes to work and then comes back and is uh, we laugh at him because it's kind of idiotic, but we like, we like him. He's funny, he's charming, but we kind of maybe see ourselves in him too. Then we ourselves, we don't know how to be these present connected dads or parents because our parents didn't model that for us. And we're not even seeing a picture of it like in the media. This mm-hmm. is again, why I think people are following us and undercoming under our umbrellas because we're going to teach you, you know, how to do it. And so, and this is also what happens with like yelling or pep talks or lecturing your kids. You actually dehumanize yourself as someone who really doesn't even have feelings. Mm -hmm. All you're really good for is yelling, maybe giving a lecture or working or drinking. And you don't. And this is what's happening, though, in a good way about us in our generation. We're humanizing ourselves to our kids. We're telling we're saying that hurt my feelings to my kids or I feel sad. Or, hey, can we work on this? And my dad, my dad never talked to me about that stuff, right? So who, how am I, as a 26-year-old newlywed with a kid, how am I supposed to learn how to comfort my wife or my own children? Who taught me? Well, nobody did. And that's why I struggled, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, one thing you've touched on there is uh, that your dad never taught you how to be emotionally available, perhaps, to your children because he wasn't maybe emotionally available to you. Like, and, and yes, this is so so common. Um, the absent father syndrome <laughs> is it? I'll, I'll just call yes. it I don't, I don't know if that's that's a term, but I'll just put it right there. It but it certainly, yeah, uh, it certainly has a very negative impact on on men's lives. Right. And, uh, and again, when you don't have that. F- father figure to even rely on as you become a father in terms of hey dad look um, I'm, about, I'm about to become a dad yes what am I supposed to do here uh, can you give right. me some-? but look if he wasn't there for advice and he wasn't emotionally available as a to you as a child then how can you rely on him as you're moving into adulthood and becoming a parent yourself exactly and again you're going to model his behaviors and his attitudes and his behaviors and, and his you, of course you are role in life And his role as a father, you're going to model that as... as Yeah. Your parents
1: are teachers. Yeah. So they taught us. More is caught than taught. We we learned by watching him. Yeah. And if he wasn't there, we still learned. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: so... But that's, again, that's where you need to stop and ask yourself, Mm -hmm. okay, um, how was my childhood? How was the relationship with my dad? Mm -hmm. A good relationship? Is that the sort of relationship I want to have with my kids? Uh, So you need to just start questioning that which is very difficult for a lot of people because you're starting to question your your parents you're starting to maybe I'm criticize not. them and sure you're just sort of for a lot of people on this holy grail of oh my parents were great and they did this for me and they put me through college and they paid my fee mm-hmm. and they clothed me and they fed me and they were always there but hang on a second <laughs> you know they're not perfect
1: yeah. <laughs> hang on a second yeah yeah man
0: your parents are also flawed individuals who've had their own traumas and pains and issues in the past and yeah. likely have yeah. those traumas and pains during your childhood and during your upbringing. They Which did
1: the best they could. Yeah. yeah. If our dads, if our dads weren't emotionally available, like we would want them to, we just have to probably let's give him a, let's kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. He, he was raised, you know, by his parents who were, You know, here in the states, World War II. This is the 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 definition of a strong masculine man has changed so much in the last fifty years, hundred years. It's even changed in the last ten years quite a bit, Mm -hmm. right? And we're everyone's listening. to This podcast is a part of this awesome changing and Mm -hmm. new version of what a healthy man in a healthy family looks like. It's a really exciting time
0: definitely is and it's it's changing because more people are asking those sort of questions yeah and there's a lot yes like yourself myself where we're we're putting content out there that's that's uh, enticing these questions as well Mm -hmm. um, you know the people know within themselves that they need to level up or they need to improve something or there's some something (laughs) in the past that needs to be let go of and uh, you know on that topic as well of the absent father and him not being emotionally available. And I've gone through that process too of understanding that and during that process, you know, there was a period of me being very angry with him and, uh, yes, and yeah, going through that process of, uh, of heart and pain, but also anger. And this anger as well, again, is something I'm hold, something I hold and, and uh, did hold for a period of time until I began to understand, hang on a second. Okay, why was he not, as you touched on there, why he was he not emotionally available? Like my dad would never speak about his childhood, but I found out things about his childhood through his brother, through other people okay. that he would just find too difficult to speak about, like traumatic experiences. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my anger just shifts from, uh-huh. from anger to empathy. And I go, okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, that's
1: a good... That's beautiful. That's what good storytelling does. It helps yeah. us to,
0: yeah, of course, understanding, isn't it? And it's, but I, I think like, yes, you need to question your your, your upbringing and your parents, and um, question your relationship with them. And again, through that process, okay, you're going to maybe feel anger, but mm-hmm. ultimately, you need to get to the point of being able to forgive your dad, so you can be yes, better.
1: That's that's a that's part of a one of the coaching you know modules of what we do when we work with young people because actually what we have uh, another issue we have now is we have a lot of young people who are uh, really living in a victim mentality they're blaming their parents for ruining their life they're blaming society i can't get over this I, my my psychiatrist says i have problems and my therapist says it's because of you and because of this and and so yes yeah, so there's this balance of how we understand that you know life is hard parents have maybe hurt us and then you get to choose in your mind are you going to be a victor or a victim victor or victim
0: Mm -hmm. yes yes you have to take ownership of that and it's uh you again yeah you go to some sort of depth in terms of questioning your upbringing but you also have to go to the depth of questioning your your dad in terms of or your or your, your mom or your dad in terms of okay what was their opening yeah, yeah. like and th- the one thing I've sort of been discussing with the guys I work with who are who have those sort of parent issues or father issues a lot mm-hmm. of anger as I said is to understand that um and most likely from your from your dad's generation like these were hardened individuals and I don't that's not a compliment it's like harden up you know, suppress your emotions.
1: Things yes, that's what they were taught. Yeah. That's what they were taught by society and by their men in their life. Suck it up, be a man, and don't be whiny. And so, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. And so, yeah, that's mm-hmm. and yes. so yeah, the the um can I share my second answer to that question about okay, so give us what are you seeing, you know, about screens or all these pains. So this my second response is is kind of um i found it to be really uh empowering and very very wonderful to think about because remember parenting is not about what's about so okay so my full name is sean patrick donahue so my uh you live in ireland i live in northern california so my actually my great my great grandfather immigrated from ireland so let's imagine how my your our great grandfathers living in ireland were living or If uh, let's imagine also the same time in our imagination, let's imagine Native Americans living on American soil. Now, I wasn't there, so I've only seen movies and I'm not a historian, so I do not know exactly what was going on. But I would imagine that these people lived in tribes or in these villages where they're really surrounded by family members. So you have young, you have kids at a young age, you uh, you have rites of passage, you enter into your own identity and masculinity into your family trade as a farmer or a craftsman or a cattle or a soldier. And you are an adult, but you're not alone because you're surrounded by aunts, uncles, cousins, your great, your grandparents, you're living in a community. And so I wasn't there, but do you think back in these days when um, like your, your uncle came up to you and you're, you're, you're 14 and he walks up to you while you're sitting around the campfire, surrounded by your village and your community. And your uncle starts trying to connect with you or check in with you or your aunt or your grandmother. And once to get to know you. I wasn't there. But do you think the 14-year-olds at that time were like, psh, psh, ah, 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 psh, awkward? Why are you trying to talk to me? Uh, what, t- what are you talking about? Like, can you just leave me alone? I wasn't there, but I do not think. The 14-year-olds responded that way at that time, my dude. Do you think so? No way, man. No. Man. Why, why, why are we in agreement? Now, I'm going to tell you how I think they responded and why, but why did they not respond that way? So much has changed. So, so guys, kids, has not, kids have not changed. The human brain has not changed. It's society has changed. Culture has changed. Parents have changed. Yeah. So, so like I said.
0: There's a safety in that community, isn't there? And uh...
1: yeah, so I think here's a couple um, of my thoughts about this. Uh, The family unit has deteriorated, (laughs) and screens are a huge part of that. (laughs) The family unit. And so it's very normal for parents, for kids to show honor and respect to their parents, their godparents. That's normal. That's human, right? It's not normal. For a kid to uh, disrespect their parents or their grandparents, or to be like, grandma, oh, Grandpa, coming over," oh, why? That's not human, right? Mm-hmm. So here's some good news: screens are not going anywhere. Hormonal tweens and teens are not going anywhere. But here's some good news: <laughs> um, as leaders of our family, we can be intentional about closeness, about family time, about family dinners, about going to a restaurant that doesn't have 55 freaking screens everywhere, about sitting with our kids and just playing Legos, going old school stuff like family barbecues, camping trips, walks, time at the park. That stuff's not going anywhere. It's always going to be here and it's always going to be better than what we see on this freaking thing Mm -hmm. and so that's really exciting and empowering yeah so we all need more of that and when you have closeness when you have connection when you have family time family dinners without screens when you have family vacations without screens when you have grandparents when you have community when you're living in community right you're putting yourself in a position to really not only thrive as a parent but then raise awesome, amazing, wise young adults Mm -hmm. who actually want to listen to you. And they need to listen to us, Gavin, because we have something that they don't have. We have wisdom and we have a lot of it because we're old. (laughs) They do not have that and they need wisdom. Kids need parents today more than ever. And so that's kind of why we're doing this, right?
0: Yes, indeed, powerful. That, that, that's that's one rule I do abide by is uh, no screens at the at the dinner table and um, just having periods of, of the day. No, in fairness, the person who spends most of his time on screens is me. <laughs> and, uh, uh, like a lot of my work is it's it's mainly yeah, but uh, right. I need to be disciplined in terms of putting the screen away when it's family time. Uh, You may see, uh, sometimes I I bring the kids to the, well, not sometimes every day I bring the kids outside to the playground and spend this quality time with them and have conversations with them every single day. That's so cool. Yeah. It's gotta be done. And usually the phone is. It's intentional. That's intentional
1: family time, connecting getting them to run and make memories and get off a screen, get that dopamine, that exercise, build their confidence. All oh, that's, that's good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, but, but the phone has to be left behind. And sometimes I do need to bring the phone because whatever I may be expecting um, my wife to call me or there could be, yeah. something. I just yeah. bring the phone for just to check the time or whatever it is. But mainly the phone is left behind so I can be present with the kids if you're on your phone you're not present you're somewhere else and your kid could be speaking to you or anyone could be speaking to you and you're sitting there scrolling to your phone they're almost invisible to you and how does that make them feel as exactly. a person how does that make your child feel devalued doesn't matter yeah. nonexistent, yes irrelevant so if again if you're not available for them don't expect mm-hmm. them to be available for you in the future if when you know, you want to, yeah. they go off, they're living their own lives and whatever. Look, this is all ahead of you if you're a parent. Yeah. They're gonna, yeah they're gonna They're going to leave someday and you're going to miss them. And I say, oh, yes, here. you will. You want to meet up? I'd love to have a conversation and go, ah, you know what, Dad? Nah, no, I don't really feel like it. I've got everything. Right. It's like, well, what? Like, what's going on? It's like, okay. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Well, was I there for them? Maybe not. Right. Yeah. So there's like,
1: I yes. guess like
0: a, a lot, as as maybe we've processed, there's like a lot of anger there um, towards the parent, mm-hmm. Re- resentment perhaps. So, and this builds yeah. up from childhood onto adulthood and uh, you can mm-hmm. obviously mitigate the risk of that happening by taking appropriate actions today and being present with your kids. Making <sighs> one them- of my
1: favorite, that's yeah. one of my favorite parenting words, presence. Right. And you're just keep, it's like, gosh, we're like having the same brain right now. And that's actually very good news for anyone listening to this. Yes, I can give you a lot of, as a parent coach, I can give you a lots of high level emotional quotient tools for solving any types of problems or communicating to your kid or solving. But here's something that, you know, you don't need to, you don't. You don't need anybody else help with. It's just that word, Gavin. It's that word, presence. Mm -hmm. Eye contact. Just sitting with someone, playing My Little Ponies, playing Legos, taking them to the park, playing Minecraft, playing Fortnite, having it, picking them after their sports practice, and going out for a sandwich and looking them in the eye and just connecting.
0: Right, presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super important because yeah, when someone's making eye contact with you, you feel valued as a person in in that moment you feel like you matter and your kids have to feel like they're mattered more than anyone else and if Mm -hmm. and if you can't be there for them then they're going to find someone else (laughs) and uh, yeah you know that's going to be yeah
1: they sure are they're going to find a screen to find their connection their identity their esteem Mm -hmm. or or they'll find someone else right there's I, i it doesn't really have a good ring to it but there's like this cliche of kids spelled kids spell love T I M E. We've all heard that, but like, I, I should probably think of some other like cheesy cliche that is like kids spell love, like with eye contact, right? Like that eye contact, like that will solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Eye contact. Isn't that? Isn't that interesting. It doesn't ring, but. I mean, I know, yeah. Yeah. Funny.
0: No, you're, you're right. You're right. It's just, uh, yeah. To feel like they're, they're relevant as, as individuals and, Like understanding too that whatever problems your your child has or your your kid or your teenager has, it may not be a major issue to you. And again, the worst thing you can do is sort of laugh that off and say, "Ah, that's not a big deal. Forget about that." But to the teenager or the kid, that is a major deal because it's maybe something they've experienced before. So again, yeah, man, to be dismissive of what seems to you as a small problem but a big problem for them. So there's there's some things you need to, need to just be aware of there and just put yourself in, your, in the child's shoe. And what I do usually is, if I, especially Ariana, because Ariana is 11 now and she's she's doing um, mm-hmm. and she's becoming a lot more aware of yep. uh, situations in her life. And uh, okay. I sort of bring myself back to, okay, my 11-year-old self. What was going on with me when I was 11? What is all right? <laughs> and sort are of trying to relate to her as an 11-year-old but at the same yes. time I'm trying to speak to her as a 37-year-old dad as well. So yes sir having that level of, of understanding as to where she's at but then also giving her the the insight and information and the guidance that she needs to be able to overcome that challenge that I had most likely faced in my own life maybe in different circumstances but you know it's all relevant so yeah man friends or school yeah or homework or whatever, like there, there's, there's going to be things there. But again, just being present there and listening, not just, not just hearing them, but listening to them as well. You know I mean?
1: Let me say the same thing in a different way. Like if you want to build a healthy home, you got to have a healthy foundation and building a foundation on connection is what it's all about. Uh, being emotionally connected with your kids and you've got to build that connection starting you know at age 0 so that when you get through the elementary school ages you're still connected so then when you get to the tween ages and a lot of hormones you're still connected for then when you're getting ready to the possibly what could be the hardest challenge the teen years right when you're really doing more coaching than controlling teaching and that is and that is the key to raising great adults is building that connection through and that all happens through things like presence and family time and good listening and those are like the walls of the house right
0: yeah i I loved one the posts from i think last week or the week before you posted it as we've been speaking about like these are these are difficult things they're challenges and your kids are going to push your buttons and it is difficult at times but as you mentioned in that post in that video it's not permanent. You know, none, none of all oh, this is temporary.
1: Oh. <laughs> Nothing's permanent. I was like, well
0: yes," and that's something. Yeah, I
1: the, myself the of. hard times are temporary, and the other good times are temporary. Even this thing called parenting this is this, is a season of our life. It's going to be over soon. Mm-hmm. So let's just fuel that. Let's use that as to drive us yeah. to be present.
0: Yeah. Yeah, on real man and. <laughs> the question I've got in my mind at the moment, you, you mentioned you've got a, a 17-year-old daughter there and uh, I've got an 11-year-old daughter. So uh uh-huh, uh-huh. what is ahead of me over the next six Ooh. years?
1: <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, here's a, okay. So um, let me think how I want to answer that. Here's how I want to answer that. All right. So we started off our podcast here today, really talking about emotions and how challenging they are. So when I first, the first time I ever took my, my then 15-year-old daughter driving was on a sketchy dirt road with her grandpa's big Ford F-150 truck on a dirt road. And on this road, there was weeds that were about four feet high. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat. And I am feeling freaking scared because there's actually a couple cliffs that we could go over. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, I should have gone to like a you know a, a Walmart parking lot or something. This is a, maybe a bad idea. And I'm sitting in there and I'm clenching my hands. I'm scratching my face. And occasionally something comes out of my ha- mouth. Like, oh, look out. Or don't do that. Or, what are you doing? And she's then responding as a, the passionate 15-year-old young woman she was. Like, stop. Okay, I got this. And I'm realizing this is this. It's never about what it's about. This is uh, parenting right here. I am feeling so powerless right now. I'm not riding, I'm not in the driver's seat anymore. I'm riding shotgun. And this is a privilege to ride shotgun in this young woman's life. I'm not entitled to this seat. She could kick me out, stonewall me. And so how I thrive in this chair right now really matters. How I think about all the wisdom that I wanna share with her how I want to protect her, what comes out of my freaking mouth really matters. So thriving as a modern parent in the teen years and any times means really thriving in the powerlessness that it feels every day in the fear and thriving in that. Because so many parents, they say stupid stuff like, oh, kids will be kids. What are you going to do? Uh, You're going to still be a parent and step into present, Authoritative parenting, not passive primary, right? But we we struggle with these emotions. And some of us go on the other side. So, no, it's my job to keep you safe. I hate feeling powerless. I want to feel powerful and keep you safe and make sure you don't do stupid stuff. And that is, and those two things will sabotage your your ride in the shotgun chair.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> almost getting emotional now I'm hearing that, uh, riding shotgun. Maybe for the first time in your life, was it? You realized that? Well, it just,
1: I mean, I was, I was a wreck, man. I was like a wreck. And I thought, what's happening to me right now? What kind of emotions are coming up in me? This kid's driving, you know, what am I feeling? And I realized, you know, because that's kind of a big part of what I do. It's emotional intelligence coaching for parents and for teens. I said, well, what am I feeling? I'm feeling powerless right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't like this feeling, but I, I, I used my tools. I remembered my own training and yeah, but that is to answer a question. That is one thing to get ready to thrive in the emotion of feeling powerless. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause a lot of parents want to sort of hold on to the child, don't they? They don't want to let go. Of uh, the child.
1: Yeah, no, they want to, they want to overparent, and then they convince themselves but this is what I'm supposed to do as a parent. I'm supposed to protect you. I'm your parent. You got to listen to me because I'm the parent. That's why. How's that? That's not going to be effective. That's not going to nurture closeness, win-wins, co-problem-solvings or harmony during the teen years.
0: Yeah. Cause it's during the teen years, especially maybe at whatever age of, you'll know more than I, in terms of maybe 14, 15, 16, certainly 17, where they're trying to somewhat, Uh, what's the right word I don't disconnect or detach from
1: yeah yeah they're gonna they're gonna want to disconnect and detach and that's that's normal that's actually healthy
0: have to be okay with that the parents have to be okay with that which a lot of parents struggle with because of the emotional turmoil that yes um uh for sure
1: it's so hard this is why so many parents that just throw their hands up in the air uh kids will be kids what are you gonna do yeah I haven't really talked to my kid at all really since they were you know, 11, they push me out of their life. That's not good because kids need parents
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. or they go, the we're tempted to go to the other extreme, you know, strictness, controlling, micromanaging, over-parenting, rescuing people, you know, and that's not good either. So we want to really thrive in this authoritative parenting really in that where we're kind of, you know, as a young, as a strong lion, like we are, right. We're modern warriors, but we realize we're you know we're raising up a young a lion cub, who is now you know a, a, at age twelve they're a young adult they're a young adult at age twelve they're not a child anymore, mm-hmm. and so if you're parenting them like a child you're going to face problems and you're you're not and you may not be uh, raising this young lion mm-hmm. into the best of their capabilities.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then they're going to suppress their emotions or their feelings because it's going to be met with anger or some sort of argument from the parents so um it, yeah it, man it builds walls and boundaries where there really shouldn't be any um so yeah that's very relevant and i'm just uh something else i'm sort of curious so curious of you go into houses and there's a certain dynamic that you need to assess and manage perhaps but i'm curious in terms of okay how much of that Work do you do with the parents versus the versus the kids or is it, come is it like uh, say for example if it's um one kid and two parents do you sort of bring them yeah. all together and then sort of yeah yeah or?
1: so yeah in our in our work the our website is parentingmodernteens.com. dot com it's uh, we provide three types of sessions uh, first would be like what's called a teen session where it's just one of our coaches really working directly with Um, a a tween teen or someone in their early twenties. And it's, well, it has some similarities to therapy. It's really about coaching them and giving them tools. Like I think I'm holding up a packet right now here in my hand and like this packet right here, like I, it should be taught in every elementary middle school and high school in the world. Like we should do this. We should take out some of these stupid subjects that no one actually needs ever and start teaching our kids in public educational systems, some of these life tools, like some of your content, some of my content, like that should be the future. Mm -hmm. So um, we, unfortunately right now, you have to pay people like us to do high level emotional intelligence coaching with your kids. And they're not even going to get it in traditional therapy a lot because in traditional therapy, it's really mostly based, oftentimes, it could be based on just the therapist listening, which is cool and all, but I think our kids need tools to So they can solve their own problems more than they need an adult just listening to them whine about their lives or their problems or their parents, right? Which I'm not trying to degrade therapy at all. I'm just saying that's a little bit of a difference. And the other two types of sessions the parent coaching work that I do in the Parents Club community that I have, um, which is uh, an an amazing community. Your parents join and they'll see their life change within 30 days or in private parent sessions. And then we have this special thing where we call them family sessions, where the whole family comes together and a coach is in your home or on a zoom call. And we kind of put the whole family through this process and they're learning together. And that can be really
0: magical. That's for sure. Man, love that. Well, I'm going to add all those links in the show notes below. So go check them out. And, uh, Sean, this has been, uh, this has been brilliant, man, to, to talk to you because this has been a long time coming as well. And, uh, I know you're going to be launching your own podcast as well. Uh, in yeah. Due course. Uh, I think it's, yeah,
1: man, I got a podcast coming out with, uh, one of my best buddies who's on the weather channel. He's going to be my co-host. It's going to be called the Sean Donahue show. I got a book coming out. It's called schools won't teach this. All about my work and teaching parents how to teach this stuff to their kids. And I can't wait to have you on the podcast and uh, have you on my podcast, Gavin, and talk to you again, man. I feel like we could just talk and talk.
0: Yeah, certainly, man. As we go on and on about this topic and uh, take so many different avenues on it, but I think what we covered here is incredibly relevant and you've given all the listeners here, plenty of tools and strategies to be able to implement them in their family life. And parent life and uh yeah keep doing the work you're doing man and go and check him out everyone i'm going to be as i said adding all the links below in the in the show notes there uh check out his tiktok and check out his instagram some brilliant videos and content yeah
1: my uh my tiktok is the family coach the dot family dot coach and same with instagram and so thanks for uh thanks so much for having me man i really look forward to our next conversation
0: likewise sean thanks so much man talk to you soon all right see you gavin
1: thanks